Hello and thank you for logging on to the Memory Gauge, your new favourite Digimon card game podcast. I'm your host, Connor, and today we are going to be taking a look, finally, at the mulligan and side deck rules that are being introduced for Digimon Card Game Fest. It's what everybody is talking about, and we're finally getting the chance to take a look at it. But first, an announcement. We are rapidly approaching the official release of BT-07 Next Adventure, with the pre-release starting this coming weekend as of this recording. As always, with the release of a new set, I will be live-streaming a booster box opening over at twitch.tv slash EFMG. We are going to be going live on Friday, March 4th at 6.30pm. EST. That's Saturday, March 5th at 10.30am AEST for my Oceania listeners. I will be opening a booster box of the new set, talking about all the new cards, chasing those alternate art cards, and of course, all, as always, giving away some cool prizes, including the contents of one randomly selected booster pack that I open live on stream. That will be going to one lucky viewer, but you have to be there and be watching to enter the draw. So make sure that you're tuned in to twitch.tv slash EFMG on Friday, March 4th, 6.30pm EST or Saturday, March 5th, 10.30am AEST. Hope to see you there. Towards the end of March, Bandai will be running a number of in-person events at various locations around the globe. They're calling these events Digimon Card Game Fest. There's going to be tournaments, awesome alternate art cards, and prizes. And if you're lucky enough to live near one of these Digimon Card Game Fest locations, I think it could definitely be worth checking out to meet like-minded people who love our game and participate in one of the first major official in-person events for our game. That's a piece of history and it'd be kind of cool to participate in. Now, you likely have already heard about these events right now, although maybe indirectly, because the major standout thing about them for our community, the thing that has the Digimon Card Game community absolutely buzzing right now, is that at Digimon Card Game Fest, there's going to be two new game rules that are going to be used and in those matches. For games played at the event, players are going to now have access to a sideboard of cards, and they will be able to mulligan their first hand. Now, ever since the game debuted, there has been debate over whether it needed a side deck and a mulligan rule, and there's lots of arguments for either side, and there's been plenty of awesome content that's been made about that debate already, and if you want to hear some thoughts from experienced players and content creators about whether or not mulligans and sideboards are healthy for the game, I have a couple recommendations. I would check out the Delicate Plan podcast, who very recently covered this very topic, and the Eggman, who's a personal favorite of mine, just to name a couple, and I will have links to that content in the show notes if you want to cover people who will tackle whether or not this is a good and healthy addition to the game. But today, I want to stay away from the debate about whether side decks and mulligans are good for the game, I think because I think that topic has been covered extensively by players who are much more knowledgeable than I am, people who are much more competitive. Instead, I'm going to be going over what exactly the new rules are, where you can use them, and finally, how to make the best use of them in your games. After all, if Digimon is your first card game, you may never have had to use either a mulligan or a side deck, and if you're an experienced player, you probably want to know how best to utilize these new game mechanics. 
So let's get into it. The first new rule that players at Digimon Card Game Fest will have to contend with will be the addition of sideboards or side decks as they're going to be known in Digimon. Now for those who may not have played many other trading card games, a side deck is an extra pre-selected set of cards that isn't used during a game, but may be swapped with cards in your main deck between games. Now I'll include a link to the Digimon Card Game Fest modified rules in the show notes of this episode, but I'm also going to read both sets of rules here. The official side deck rules given by Bandai read as follows. Players will be permitted to bring their main deck of 50 cards and a side deck of up to 10 cards. Side decks may include main deck and digi-egg cards. The limit on copies of cards with the same card number that can be included applies to the total cards in your deck and side deck. If rules or effects limit the change the limit on copies of cards that can be included, the limit applies to the total cards in both your deck and side deck. The contents of the side deck are considered a secret area and should not be shown to the opponent. Both players should count out their side decks in view of their opponent to confirm how many cards are in there at the start of each match. Your side deck may be returned to a deck box for safekeeping, which must be kept on the table in view of both players. After the end of each game in a match, players may choose to swap cards into their deck from their side deck. Now the same number of cards must be swapped between each deck. The quantity of both decks must remain the same before and after siding. Please keep the time between games to under three minutes. All preparation for the next game and exchanging of cards between main deck and side deck must be carried out within these three minutes. Players may be penalized if a judge determines them to be time-wasting between games. Before the start of each game, if a player has a side deck, they should present it to their opponent face down. The number of cards in the side deck is public information, but a player is not required to reveal how many cards were swapped between decks. Players are not permitted to review their side deck contents during a game. At the end of the match, players must return their decks and side decks to their original states, And if a player receives a game loss penalty prior to the start of the first game, players are not allowed to switch cards out from their side decks before the start of game two. Now that probably sounds like a lot of new rules and is probably a bit overwhelming if you're a newer player or if you haven't used side decks before, so let's go through it step by step. Players will be permitted to bring their main deck of 50 cards and a side deck of up to 10 cards. Straightforward, your side deck can be anywhere from 0 to 10 cards, but not more than 10, and it's in addition to your 50 card main deck. So you still have to have 50 cards in your main deck, but then you can have an additional up to 10 cards in your side deck. Side decks may include main deck and digi-egg cards. So if you have two different digi-eggs you could potentially use in your deck, depending on what your opponent is playing, then you can use the side deck to swap between them if you need to. The limit on copies of cards with the same card number that can be included applies to the total cards in your deck and side deck. If rules or effects change the limit on copies of cards that can be included, the limit applies to the total cards in both your deck and side deck. This makes sense because no matter what, you can't play more than four copies of the same card anyway. I think most interesting right now would be Eosmon. Uh, If you're not sure exactly how many copies of the level 5 Eosmon to play, Level 5 Eosmon having text that says that you can include up to 50 copies in your deck. Then you can have a few more sitting in your sideboard if you need to swap them out. 
The contents of the side deck are considered a secret area and should not be shown to the opponent. Both players should count out their side decks in view of their opponent to confirm how many cards are in there at the start of each match. Your side deck may be returned to a deck box for safekeeping, which must be kept on the table in view of both players. Now, this is an anti-cheating measure. Just like your main deck contents are secret information, so is your side deck. But you still have to confirm that you have a legal number of cards and then keep it visible so your opponent can see that you aren't manipulating it or cheating in any way. After the end of each game in a match, players may choose to swap cards into their deck from their side deck. The same number of cards must be swapped between each deck. The quantity of both decks must remain the same before and after siding. This is the main crux of why side decks are helpful. Some cards are only useful in certain matchups, but having a side deck available means you don't have to devote precious space in your main deck to cards that you're only going to need when you play against certain decks. Your side deck lets you swap in specialized cards to deal with certain matchups and overall have a more flexible game plan. Please keep the time between games to under three minutes. All preparation for the next game and exchanging of cards between main deck and side deck must be carried out within these three minutes. Players may be penalized if a judge determines them to be wasting time between games. Now to keep to this time limit, I would recommend having a clear idea of the cards in your side deck and then having a plan for which cards you're going to switch in certain matchups ahead of time. You should make this a part of your deck building process, and you should know exactly what you're going to swap in for certain situations. Then it's going to be much easier to quickly swap cards between games. Before the start of each game, if a player has a side deck, they should present it to their opponent face down. The number of cards in the side deck is public information, but a player is not required to reveal how many cards were swapped between decks. Again. This is just an anti-cheating measure. Players are not permitted to review their side deck contents during a game. At the end of the match, players must return their side decks and decks to their original states. This rule is also worth noting, so for the first game of every match, you're going to have to play your main deck as it was built without any side deck cards in it. Because of this, if you're hoping to be competitive, you're going to want to build your main deck to play against whichever decks you're expecting to see the most, and then choose your side deck cards to deal with decks that you don't expect to see as often. For example, if you expect to play against a lot of security control decks, then you'll probably want to include your anti-security control cards in your main deck and then leave your side deck for cards to play in other matchups. This gives you the best chance of coming out ahead in those matchups because it means you don't have to play a tough first game before you get access to the cards you're going to need to win. If a player receives a game loss penalty prior to the start of the first game, players are not allowed to switch cards out from their side decks before the start of game two. This is more or less just a fairness measure. Otherwise, if your opponent had a game loss penalty prior to the first game, then the first game you play, which would be game two in this case, you could already begin using your side deck, which otherwise goes against the way that the rules are set up. You're meant to side deck once you've played game one. The benefit of a side deck is giving you a better chance against your worst matchups and allowing you to free up space in your deck that otherwise goes to those tech cards and you can instead include more copies of just generally good cards. Each sideboard is going to be unique to your deck and playstyle, just like each deck is unique to the player. But that said, there are definitely a number of cards in the Digimon card game that serve a niche purpose and which seem tailor-made to go into a side deck rather than starting in your main deck. Now, I'd like to go over a few of these generically good cards and why you might want to include them in your sideboard. There's three in particular that spring to mind for me, but I'm sure there's plenty more. 
First up, a delicate plan for BT3097. This is a red option card, it costs one to play, and it reads one of your Digimon gains. This Digimon doesn't activate the security effects of any option cards it checks for the turn. This is a classic card to use in red decks to get around decks that have powerful removal effects in their security. Security control is the obvious one, but also decks like Three Musketeers. A delicate plan lets you attack without fear. But not every deck plays strong security removal, and sometimes that space could be better spent on more removal of your own, or more Digimon, making Delicate Plan an excellent choice for your sideboard. Even non-red decks can utilize it, by the way, by pairing it with a low-cost Red Tamer card so that you can play it from your hand for minimal investment, like playing Taikamiya ST1 from the Gaia Red Starter deck, which costs just two memory, so it's a minimal memory investment, and then you can start playing Delicate Plan. I don't... I think it's going to be pretty common to see a package of Taikamiya and a Delicate Plan in many side decks. Next up, Mechanorimon BT5062. This is a black level 4, it costs 4 to play, 3 to Digivolve, has 6000 DP, it has Blocker, it has your turn, this Digimon can't attack, and opponent's turn, when this Digimon deletes an opponent's Digimon in battle and survives, unsuspend it. Now for those who don't know, the trick with Mechanorimon is that it completely stops your opponent from attacking with their level 3s and weak level 4s. It unsuspends after it deletes a Digimon in battle, so each so after each successful block that doesn't cause your Mechanorimon to be deleted, it's going to unsuspend, ready to block again. Plus, because it's a Digimon, it doesn't actually matter whether it matches the main colour of your deck or not, because you don't need another Digimon of the same colour to play it. One or two copies of Mechanorimon will be great includes for a side deck, so you can counter Rookie Rush strategies. Finally, Magnadramon BT2039. This is a yellow level 6, it costs 11 to play, 3 to Digivolve, has 10,000 DP, it has on play if you have 3 or fewer security cards, trigger recovery plus 2. And then it also has when attacking, you may play 1 yellow level 3 Digimon from your hand without paying its memory cost, but we're mostly focused on the recovery here. Magnadramon is expensive to play from your hand, but it does act as a nice emergency stall card when you need just one more turn. The extra two security you can recover from Magnadramon can sometimes be the difference between victory and defeat. If you're playing a matchup where you need an extra turn to get your game plan going, maybe your opponent's playing a faster aggro deck compared to your slower control deck, Magnadramon is just a nice sideboard piece that will let you slow down the game and get that win. Moving on now, not only will Digimon Card Game Fest have side decks, it's also going to introduce mulligans. And for those who don't know, many card games give you the option, after having drawn your starting hand, to discard or otherwise remove that starting hand in some way and draw a new starting hand. This is known as taking a mulligan. Now, the official rules for mulligans, as laid out by Bandai, are as follows. After players have placed their security and drawn their starting hand, they may review their hand and mulligan. To mulligan, place all cards in your hand to the bottom of your deck. Do not shuffle and do not replace your security cards. Draw five new cards from the top of your deck. Subsequent mulligans are not permitted. So we have all had an opening hand that is bad, borderline unplayable. 
being able to mulligan that hand away and draw a new starting hand allows all decks to be much more consistent. Look for decks like Jessmon, which is strong if it has a good starting hand, but it's prone to drawing bricked or poor starting hands to perform better at Digimon Card Game Fest than they do at other non-mulligan events because you've always got the option to, if you draw that initial bricked hand, get rid of it and try again for a usable hand. To make the most of a mulligan, you're going to want to take a mulligan if you don't have a clear Digivolution line. No level 3 or level 4s, for example. That's the most obvious situation, but be careful when you're making the decision to mulligan. You don't shuffle the cards into your deck. They just go to the bottom of your deck. So if you opt to take a mulligan, you almost certainly won't see those cards again in that game. So be careful because you might mulligan away a key part of your strategy. If you're going to attend Digimon Card Game Fest, I would recommend playing many practice games, practice taking mulligans. Get a feel for what is a keepable hand and what is a mulligan hand. It's going to be a learned skill. It's going to be interesting to see whether mulligans and side decks are going to be healthy for our game or unhealthy. I won't speculate here, but it definitely is a big moment for our game. And those are the new rules for the Digimon Card Game Fest. Although I'm not participating myself, I can't wait to hear from those who do participate what they think of the new rules and whether they are fun and healthy for the game. Hopefully, after listening to this episode, you now understand what a mulligan is, what a side deck is, and how you can make the most of them when playing the Digimon Card Game. If you're attending Digimon Card Game Fest, or if you're from one of those groups that's definitely going to bring these rules in as house rules. All right, you've definitely heard enough from me. Now, I would like to hear from you. Our listener question of the week is, what cards would you play in your side deck? Now, I can't wait to hear about all of the cool text that you guys come up with. If you have an answer to our listener question of the week, or if you have any questions of your own, comments, feedback, or concerns, you can email me, memorygagepodcast at gmail.com. You can join our Facebook group, Memory Gage Podcast. You can tweet at me, at ConnorEFMG, or you can join our Discord server. Links to all of that will be in the show notes, and I am always happy to hear from you listeners. New episodes of this show come out each and every week, so make sure that you're following the Memory Gauge podcast on your podcast service of choice so that you can stay up to date. And if your podcast service of choice allows you to rate or review the show, please consider doing it because it really helps people to find our show and just helps us out. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Memory Gauge, logging out.